Hey, all, and welcome to Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. Today, we have the whole bunch, Richard, Richard, Josh, and Laura. We are going to be discussing monarchy. So grab your English tea or your English tea and join us as we discuss Her Majesty, His Majesty, all the majesties. This is Skeptic Hangout monarchy okay i'm gonna let gil kick this one off because it was his idea to do it well, I, hello, everybody. Um, I, as this episode <laughs> drops, uh, so the, today's Friday, um, yesterday began the long bank holiday weekend for Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee, which is um, celebrating 70 years um, of the Queen being the Queen. Um, as news of this reached America, I don't know if this is something that's... I didn't even know you guys up. still had a Queen. Like, that just... I, where I, are I you think, guys? I think it's like a ceremonial thing by this point. Like, she, like, signs over, like parliament decisions but doesn't actually have any real power coming from the american speaking for the 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 brits over there yes but, i mean she she's our head of state so in i guess the equivalent to your president but your president actually does stuff whereas our queen sort of wears a figurehead yeah yeah so um, <laughs> technically all the laws that we that go through parliament have to be signed by the queen in order to become laws she does still have lots of like technically has lots of power um but basically most of it was curtailed after the reformation of the monarchy after the english civil war and the sort of whole decade of republican um thing that went on that nobody really talks about um but yeah people is the monarchy in the uk i think is a really funny thing and i know this is monarchy generally not just specifically the british monarchy that we're talking about today um but it's a really funny thing because lots of people are commenting nowadays about like, why am I celebrating this woman who gets to live in palaces and has fancy crowns and jewels celebrating 70 years of her doing that job when there's a cost of living crisis and I can't afford to feed my family or, you know, there are all these problems in the world. Like why are we concentrating on this woman who's done this cushy job for 70 years still being alive and that's basically it. It's like, well done on still. Congratulations for not being dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it works. Jill, do you have any, are you, are you a monarchist? No, is the short answer. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impartial. I'm not really pro or anti, but I, I tend not to really care. No, I, I so think my... a lot of people from where I'm from, uh, like the Sheffield area and surrounding areas, just aren't bothered. The, the the this kind of uh, what what in the US would be probably considered a right wing element that kind of take great pride in it in their Britishness, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, I don't think anybody's really bothered. So yeah, I, I've up. heard I've heard of like xenophobic like uh, history within the British monarchy and like just with the recent marriage, which I could help 
but learn about that. It might even not be that reason. It just feels like it because everybody over in America was making a big deal about the actress married one of the princes or whatever. And uh, that's where I heard like there were some uh, some xenophobic issues. Like there's some little bits of even like racism coming from the from the monarchy that had come out. And it's weird that it took so long for like people over here to even start like having issues with the English monarchy because uh, over here we we came to America we were supposed to be escaping that and then there's some weird cultural uh, celebration of British royalty I think it's like a, the Disney effect of like we think we think royalty we think like Cinderella and we think that's what's going on over there and really it's just rich white people and power that they uh, inherited over generations and it seems problematic to me Problematic is a very um, interesting choice of words because I think that's, I mean, an understatement. It is. <laughs> I'm being I diplomatic. Have, <clears throat> I have problems with that. Yeah. Right. So, to sum up my views on the British monarchy specifically, um, and it kind of sums up the way I speak about most points is that I have a lot of strong opinions that amount to basically nothing. So here goes. Um, so I fundamentally monarchy as a concept is elitist and undemocratic mm-hmm. um it, it kind of teaches people that some people are deserving of respect and praise and worship and all of those things <clears throat> when actually they're just born into a specific family which like you were saying josh has been enriched by colonial escapades in the past by slavery by a million and one atrocities um, and they're just sort of born into that family and are benefiting from the the gains of the past (coughs) sorry Um, in Britain specifically people do seem to have on the whole an affection for the queen as a person as a figurehead for the country Um, but like were we to replace the royal family and the monarchy as a system with say an elected head of state like a president or what have you in my mind the best way to do that would be to have a head of state which is non-political and which is a figurehead basically fulfilling exactly the same role that the queen currently does but without the whole inherited blood-stained wealth thing but then I don't know if the benefits of it outweigh the negatives of the royal family continuing to exist because I also kind of like the whole pomp and ceremony thing I quite like all the parades and the uniforms and the I don't know it's quite I I quite like the history of it but that's really easy to say and ignore the history of bloodshed and conquest that goes along with it I don't know so I have lots of opinions and thoughts about it all Um, but yeah it doesn't kind of get me anywhere to me, well, it feels more like uh, how we have Civil War reenactors and like they're reenacting like w- their big moment of glory. The ceremony that I see around uh, around royalty and, and or the monarchy seems very cer- ceremonial and like reenacting how things were. Like you see them go, while, going around in horse carriages and, and shit like that. And that's it's old fashioned. And it, like I can see a little bit of like historical appreciation for some of those things they do but i don't think it should be inherited i honestly think it should be like a civil war reenactment with all the ceremony and pompous uh uh traditions and stuff like that you but it shouldn't be something that should be inherited that's something that's like oh you get reenactors to do that and you get a real head of state with uh power with without in 
without uh, inherited power in mm. an actual position. And you can have all that fun stuff, your tea crumpets, your your horse and carriage. Because uh, well, without the queen, there'd be no tea and crumpets. Tea and crumpets is a daily part of British life, and it's not a ceremon- ceremonial pump. That you're speaking out of line now, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> even even your fellow American needs to stop you there. No, but like, when we talk about when we talk about traditions, right? We've talked about it, the bad and the good on this show before. Like the good about tradition is the parts that you like about it, how it makes you feel, how it kind of um, makes everybody like sort of a cohesive um, unit to be able to celebrate together and have these traditions that work a certain way. But then there's also the negative sides of traditions, which is when something ceases to work for a society or when it really never worked in the first place to stick to it just because it's tradition. And so it's interesting that um, it seems to me like the best argument for maintaining the monarchy is that sense of tradition and of like, quote unquote, Britishness, right? Like, it's just it's how things are done. And I could be totally wrong. This is just like me from the other side of the pond, um, what I've sort of observed from over there. But I'm wondering if there's any viable excuse other than, well, it's just how we've always done it. And it's just kind of traditional to maintain the monarchy. George, jump in, Jill, for I know you were. Uh, I, I, I just, I, not on that point, I'll let you answer that point. But I did did want to piggyback kind of on what Laura said and what you were saying and Josh was saying that I think looking at it as as the kind of the 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 good bits the uh, the pomp and ceremony and the old fashioned things of being attracted to them i think and taking the good with the bad we should always also remember that it isn't that long ago when the queen of england was actually an empress and we did very bad things around the world and you know we we we, we sent warships to to china uh, with the East India Company and things like that, when there was a time where the, uh, the opium trade was uh, running riot in in China, and many many Chinese people were addicted to it, and it had all come about because of the refinement of previous to that opium had been medicinal, and then the the East India Company had kind of gone forth and brought this new kind of um, recreational opium to people and and when when that was challenged the british responded with warships and and that is part of uh the the legacy of of the kind of british monarchy as well and we shouldn't forget the many 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 instances things like that uh, it's not just all about traveling around in a nice carriage and remember, maybe I'm bitter because I'm half Scottish. So it's, you know, I don't. We don't have a good relationship with the British monarchy I anyway. Say, I wouldn't say that you're bitter, but I would say that like <laughs> the, the same problem that exists in a monarchy, we see it even in um uh uh, uh America. Like yeah, I was gonna say a democracy. History. We don't have a democracy. We have a democratic republic, and that's the word I was trying to pull out of my ass as I was trying. <laughs> so even in a democratic republic you still have these shitty things that we've done over the years. And so it's interesting when we talk about a a form of government versus how that form of government has been utilized by people, you have sort of two different things. You have this hypothetical, here's who in charge and and here's how it works. And here's the transitions of power and and all that. And it's all hypothetical. It's all on paper. and, And there's pros and cons there. But then you have these pesky little things called human beings that get involved. And when you think about it, they, they pretty much, we wreck every form of government we come up with, right? We, we find ways of corrupting it. 
We find ways of using it to abuse power. We um, oppress each other with it. So we have this, this thing that we've touted as like the people's choice, right? Like we get to vote for who's in power. And even that, like uh, a lot of people question, including myself, whether or not it really is the individuals who have the power to vote people in, or if there's a lot of propaganda and mind control and arguments and, and funding that goes back and forth to where it still then, is I that think, top elite. I think even then, in especially in America, but in, in lots of places, UK as well, you know, like, yeah, even if your voices count towards voting one specific person in, you can't ever be sure that they're not being paid however many millions to go down this avenue and vote these laws in and go against these laws. And the thing about monarchy in particular, though, with that issue is like you look at, say, you're saying, well, we've got a democratic republic model of, you know, governance, society, whatever. And this has had lots of problems in it. The problem with monarchy, specifically, say, the British monarchy, is that not only are there all these problems throughout generations and generations, but it's generations of one very specific family. Right. Um, you know, it's not just or my predecessor three generations back did this no that's that's my great grandma or my great granddad you know and everything's intertwined like that I understand the argument that you know like say all four of us here are white and we could have had ancestors who were involved in the slave trade in a really negative way for example oh, yeah I did um, I, I, I don't know but like we could do and it's really easy to say for us like but obviously we're not responsible for the sins of our forefathers you know like we're, we're not the people doing those things mm-hmm. but when there are people who now are living in like have just like masses of palaces to choose from and people who wait on them and serve them and go out and maintain the grounds on these estates and whatever else and they get to ride around like you were saying josh in horse pulled gold carriages and what have you and all of that is on the back of wealth that comes from those ancestors who did those things. That then suddenly becomes a slightly different issue at hand, doesn't it, to people like us who, you know, potentially has ancestry, which is problematic in that way. Well, I, I would say like every form of government has bad history behind it. Mm-hmm. And you got to look, you can't just go, this is bad because it's been bad in the past. And like going for the monarchy being bad in the past, but yeah. you got to look at how it's going in the present. And in the present, it seems useless or problematic on on its own without going too far back in history and all the atrocities that have been done for it by the government. That's where we have problems. If like we point to a monarchy in nowadays times, like a full monarchy, you can see just abuse of power because because of nobody's allowed to like uh, question the monarchy or have criticism for them. That that's where a lot of monarchies have the biggest problems when they're going full monarchy. Uh, they can get away with anything, and they can like you. They may even have citizens that think that they they love the monarch, but that's like you don't know if that's because of propaganda or because of they're not allowed to say anything bad against them. So like monarchy on its own, without going two hundred years back just going today you can see how problematic it is with people with that much power we have that problem with people in the supreme court that have like Mm -hmm. a lifetime appointment or instead of and they're not ruling over the whole country but lifetime appointment for anything is bad enough and then you get lifetime appointment going it it, that's inherited through through your blood that seems even more worthless kind of uh, power yeah i think that the shift of focus for the individuals in power is different between a monarchy and an elected government right because I mean, obviously, yeah, we've talked about how there's pros and cons for both, but the elected officials still have a little bit of the fear of God in them, right? That if they misstep or do something wrong or 
scandal comes out against them that maybe they won't be voted in or it'll ruin their career. And so I'm not saying it necessarily improves their behavior because obviously we have all that like um, under the table shit that goes on left and right. And so I'm not saying that um, an elected official is on their best behavior, but I'm saying that like if if you're um, a monarch, if you're in in um, a royal family, your position is is somewhat secured. And I think the fear more comes from maintaining that security, which is slightly different. Like you're you're going to be you're going to be invested in different forms of protection between keeping the monarchy in place so that you can maintain your power or in making a populace happy so that they'll vote for you again. I think they're, they're two different focuses of attention. My problem is I yeah. just don't see a big difference with the outcome. Like one way or another, I still see a lot of the same negative outcomes. So I'm trying to sort of like rationalize yeah. in my head um, how they're really that different other than the appearance of the shift of power in an elected government like i just i don't see i don't see a big i, I, I want to kind of ask richard get, get back onto the question laura asked richard about is there a place for the monarchy uh, but before i do that just touching on what we've just said i think you know we have kind of the house of lords in britain which is entirely unelected and uh based on whether you're a lord or not and hereditary and things like that and who vital decisions do go to to be made from so it is in in britain it's a very real thing that this you know unelected officials do make decisions and so then they get like the the you're talking about a very small pool of people that gets passed down from father to son or however it's passed down that there's not like anything refreshing in terms of different voices or different different perspectives the House of Lords was originally just people with hereditary peerages, so people who inherited lordships of various estates, whatever, across the country. But most of those were abolished, I think, in the Tony Blair government from 97. Um, and now the government, just like every year, makes like loads more lords. And they, they say that it's supposed to be like uh, trying to be sort of representative of the population and to try and get experts in fields. So like scientists and educators and uh, people from the healthcare, you know, like they try and get, but there's like 600 on odd oh members gosh. of the House of Lords now. And most of them are just there forever. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't understand there's a system. So are they appointed or elected then? It sounds like they're appointed. Like we they're just see appointed. You, the yeah, just so there's says, still that. You are now a member of the House of Lords. Not brilliant, no. <laughs> it could be better. Yeah. But Richard, Richard, on Laura's question of, of whether there is a place for a monarchy. So let's imagine that we were all just in a, a big empty land and decided to make our own country. Now, I imagine sort of if we were to make that now in 2022, None of us would decide. I know one family should have all this power with hereditary powers to make decisions. I said, like, no one would make that system nowadays. Josh, <laughs> you've spoken about this. <laughs> and I think it's only fair if we were diplomatic that it'd be called Richard Landers. That's Indeed. half of the population. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like a bunch of dicks to me. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it, like, I, I, I can understand where this has come from in history. You know, when you look at uh, the way that people decided outcomes of disagreements with, like, I'll send my army to the field, you send your army to the field, I'm the guy who had this army, so I'm just going to be the king now. Like, I can understand where kings and queens as a sort of 
relic of the past. I can I, I get why it still exists. And I guess in a lot of countries, there have been reasons why it hasn't. You know, there have been revolutions in so many European countries and so many places across the world um, <clears throat> to form republics. And for, like, I don't know of any that have, apart from, there was, like I said, the English Revolution, the English Civil War and stuff in the 1600s, and we went back. But, like, most of the places where you've had revolutions have never gone back to that. Um, because it, it it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you go from giving the people of the country the power to choose who's in charge, even if it isn't perfect and whatever else, like we've said, you know, why would you go back to, I know this one family will make sure they can all live in palaces and have fancy clothes. Yeah, well, you wouldn't. Me, and basically, it's a, it goes, going back to, in essence, it goes back to the Neolithic period where the kind of the hardest tribes with the best position in the land yeah. Uh, you know, they commanded the land. They got the resources because they were in control. And it's, it's going back thousands and thousands of years to a, tri- a tribal time. Yeah, there's no reason to go back to that. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think, no, I was just going to say that. I, I think what really, really, really hit the nail on the head in terms of the what's problematic about monarchies is, um, A, the idea of just one person ruling without any term limits, like no, no, hey, you've had long enough, it's it's time for someone else to step in, and B, is the inherited position through family line, because what you end up getting is you're relying on an individual or a family to form your power structure, to make your decisions, right? There's nothing refreshing about it, there's nothing renewing about it. Not to say that a son can't step in and do something revolutionary compared to his father or whatever generationally is there is there the potential for improvement sure but i can kind of see that as being a problem in the sense that one family line is more likely to be out of touch with the the needs wants and and um interests of a population than if the population is able to bring in new people i guess i mean you could argue with like in the uk that people who were pro-monarchy might say well they don't need to be in line with all of those things. They don't need to understand those things because it's parliament who make all of the laws and it's parliament who make all the decisions about how the country should change. And this family is just there to rubber stamp things. So pretty in photos and to be a good PR thing for the UK, for the rest of the world to see. Um, I don't know how much of a big PR thing Prince Charles's face is, but like, yeah, it's just, there is that pragmatic part of me though that is like well actually to move away from monarchy and to introduce a say a presidential system a non you know with no powers it i i don't know if that does like you were saying i don't know if that does bring any benefits apart from the sort of symbol like because symbolism is really important and like i start i think i said at the start having a, a royal family kind of does inherently make people believe that we are just us and they are them up on this pedestal. Um, you know, if the queen came to to my town and came, walked down the street, say she was opening something or whatever, like people would be expected to bow if they met, met her. And, and I have a problem the, with that. Yeah, the, a problem with that is that there has been cases, well-documented cases, where the queen has visited towns and they've literally painted the, the town up to the point where the Queen is going to visit. So they'll repaint all the railings on the street up until where the Queen's visit is due to end, and then they won't paint anymore. Oh. It, it is literally all show. 
Yeah. yeah so, but I, I wanted to ask kind of on, on the idea of PR. Well, uh, I mean, and I know you two uh, kind of in, in the scheme of America, things are quite close to each other uh, geographically. But what what's kind of the your two's position out from being outside of the UK on the British monarchy? I mean, I just I think it's outdated. Honestly, I don't follow it at all. I only follow it the slightest amount when it's on the news and everybody's talking about it, but it needs to be like something significant happening. I had no idea about like the 70th anniversary of uh, your queen's monarchy or any of that kind of stuff, because we, for the most part, don't care. We, we like the, the, the fairy tale versions of it over here. And even, I don't care about that because it's not. And they're like the real weddings have been big in the news, haven't they? Like when they have, like when Prince William and, and Kate got married, that was like big in the news. And when Harry and Meghan got married, that was big in the news for you guys, I imagine. So like the big fairy tale weddings and things. Yeah. But then aside from yeah. that, and, yeah, and any baby that's born, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm with Josh. I don't think that I even pay much attention or give much thought to the the Queen of England and her her kin, right? Um, but I do agree that it's outdated, but it's also maybe even, like, I think it's worse than that. When you're talking about, like, we're, we're talking about families and power and wealth, right? And, and them just inheriting it for the sake of inheriting it. But now you're talking about them also not even having any power other than, I mean, I guess she does have some formal powers, but you're talking yeah. about it being parliament that actually runs the country. Um, I do think that as humans, one thing that we're horribly bad at is acknowledging a broken system and fixing it. Like we take decades, if not centuries, to fix things. Like sure, there's these little innovative bumps, but even our system of government has all these issues that has been argued and argued and argued for decades decades and nothing there may be some issues with with that whole thing but that's a separate topic for a separate day (laughs) yeah we should just do governments in general as one of our episodes but like in terms of the monarchy like i went into this conversation thinking traditional monarchy like the concept of monarchy um being like the one figurehead in charge who does have decision making power and so i'm sort of switching gears and how i'm looking at it from your guys's perspective of a figurehead type monarchy where they don't really have a lot of power i think that's even worse like why even have a family that's touted around like that given so many privileges have to be treated a certain way has a certain amount of wealth just because like that and it's funny because like there's so like the government's actual name is her majesty's government um like there's lots of things so like if my wife's self-employed when she does her taxes at the end of the year she does it through her majesty's revenue and customs like everything is like the the queen as monarch doesn't have these powers because they're all sort of like given to it's these the various position, groups the and positions and agencies and whatever. So technically, on paper, she still has all of the power, all of it. Like she, but like she does have the power to just say, um, "I don't need to be prime minister anymore, and I want you to dissolve parliament." Like she has the power to do that. The yeah. thing that's stopping her is the fact that if she did that everyone will kick off and it will probably be the end of the moniker. It's that sort of thing. And that's where we're at at the moment where if there's, and every now and then, you know, like with the whole princess Diana thing in the nineties, um, like there's been various times where there's been, you know, we're like, we're Prince Andrew. I don't know if that's been in the news about him. And I don't know if that's been in the news in America or certainly being a big deal over here um, about his links with like Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein and um, various allegations against him. And he sort of stepped back from being, a major senior member of the royal family. He's, all his patronages have gone and what have you. Um, it, it, all of these sort of little crises in the royal family 
threaten the continued existence of the monarchy generally. Um, so, like, yeah, the Queen does have all these powers, but really doesn't at the end of the day because it would be the end of everything. And lots of people as well, like, have, like I said, lots of fondness for the Queen specifically as a person, as a woman, and have great respect for her. But then, you know, at some point she will she will pass away. And obviously we've said this is coming out the day after her big Jubilee weekend sort of kicks off. But, I mean, that's if she's survived this long since recording because it's all, it's all up for grabs. Lock and happy in four days. Who knows these days? Um, but, she, but yeah, I, I don't perceive that there's the same fondness, for example, for Prince Charles, who will become king, um, as there currently is for the Queen. So, you know, everything will probably change again in, in people's perceptions and people's arguments and what have you. Um, it was funny earlier on, Josh, you were talking about absolute monarchies, and I know, Laura, you mentioned it, where one person is in charge and has complete rule over everything. I could argue that that's actually a better system than the one that we've got at the moment. It provides clarity and focus. Everybody knows where they're at. It, it, decisions are made much more speedily. Um, I reckon we should go to an authority, authoritarian monarchy across the world, headed by His Majesty, Mr. Entner. <laughs> I am not voting. I'm not voting. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to vote. Oh my God. I'm going to escape to the moon. I'll live on the moon. No, but actually, that'd be great. That'd be great. We'd have more beer. We'd have more more action and horror to watch. It'd be a good thing. Forever torturing you about your choice of Ninja Turtle film. <laughs> or Highlander movie. Yeah. It, like, I don't think there's a single person that I'm taking in the serious rap for a weird reason. I don't think there's a single person that could uh, have that much power, even over like a small town's worth of people and not let it get to their head if they know that they, their entire life this is the kind of power they can have. Like, I think even the most pure person could come in with like good choices. I think there's a lot of positions that people go into with pure choices in politics. And then uh, they get a little bit of money. They get a little bit more temptation as it's going along. And it's harder to keep in line with the people instead of in line with your own interests when like so much temptation's constantly coming at you. It's one, it's one of the reasons why so many bands on tour fuck around on tour because even if they they have a girl at home, temptation's constantly coming at them opposed to like regular guys. They don't have the temptation constantly thrown at them. So like having somebody in power with that can do their own interests and then maybe give a little bit of interest to the people it's hard to see people leaning in that direction. It, like it, it'll start out good, but over the years, it's always going to get corrupted. If you go for pure monarchy, which I know Gil was talking about sarcastically, unless I can't read him well at all. <laughs> what do they say? Like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So my big thing is like, yes, there's, there's always that, but then I see even these short-term presidents and there's lots of talk of like corruption and not really representing the people and being more, representative of the businesses or their constituents or whatever have we um, just concluded not... that we need to get rid of humans Is that i mean that would solve a lot of our problems honestly <laughs> no but what i think it, it i think when we talk in terms of governments we tend to talk in terms of idealistics right like ideally this and ideally that or the opposite of that where it's like the worst case scenario well if we have a totalitarian dictatorship blah blah blah, blah what if we had a totalitarian dictatorship who was the one individual who was able to bring complete prosperity to their people, right? And they freed all their people and, and created this perfect balance and this perfect money system. Hypothetically speaking, that could be it, right? Um, I'm not saying it's reasonable because, again, we're led by humans and humans kind of suck. 
but we always seem to talk in these really black and white ways in terms of this government versus that government. And I think Gil actually did say something that's somewhat correct. And that is, oh, do you get a is lot this the more, first episode? I mean, in your sarcastic, happened? I'm just going to say the whole world needs a, a complete monarchy. And I know that it was speaking tongue in cheek, but you said something about consistency and clarity. And I do think that one thing where you're talking about um, a single like power aligned under a single person versus power aligned under constantly elected officials. How often do we go back and forth and things get halted and things get stopped and changed? And this president undoes what this president does. And that president pushes this agenda and then this other president, you know, and then the people vote against him because it's not really what they wanted. And it kind of becomes this jumble of bullshit. And so it's hard to say that a monarchy would be better because again, we're talking about corruption of power and all this stuff. But when you're talking sort of idealistically, um, it's not far off to say that one person making the decisions, if they happen to have the people's interests in mind, can produce more good than a government that's constantly turning and, and churning and at war with itself and, and power buying back and forth. You know, I know I've seen in the UK and elsewhere where politicians really should be making one decision but don't because they know they need to get reelected in 18 months time right. and it's going to cost a lot of money or it's going to be unpopular, but it's actually what needs to be done or, you know, and you can see that all the time where the, the pressures of being reelected and that is purely a personal issue to that person who wants to be reelected. Um, th- that can stand in the way of things. Um, this isn't exactly to do with Monica, but kind of links to what you were saying, Laura, where um, for example, for, um, general elections in the UK where we vote for our members of parliament mm-hmm. we use a first past the post system where so I live in the Bradford South constituency and so whoever gets the most votes in Bradford South goes to parliament as our MP um, I would be much more in favour of a proportional representation system so that say across the country um, you know I vote for the Green Party usually uh, if 15% of the people of the UK voted Greens then 15% of the MPs would be green. Whereas oh. we don't get like, that doesn't happen in the UK because I vote green in my constituency, but Labour gets in. So my vote was counted, like just discounted. Yeah. Um, and the same for everyone else who voted greens, apart from in like one constituency in Brighton. Um, whereas then people look at that in say a place like Germany, where there is a proportional representation system and they see a country where, yes, everyone's vote counts and they get members of parliament through, but they also have governments that can never win majorities and all, always have to have these negotiations to build coalition governments, um, make compromises in this, compromises in that. Decisions take a long time because there are a lot of very different voices in that parliament. That that just reiterates what you were saying before in terms of, like, there can be ideal like, situations and ideal systems built up um, that on paper look better, but then day to day might have other problems that you don't foresee. Um, and that kind of does fit with the monarchy in terms of like, yeah, fundamentally, I think it has some big problems in terms of values and in terms of, yeah, what it kind of tells people about the world. But it also does a job and you can, I don't know. Well, there's, there are there's, there's the problem that values as a culture seem to change over time. And like a lot of people that grow up mm-hmm. under a certain culture, uh, their their uh, generations after them are going to start adopting different values. And the longer you have somebody in power that uh, is going by the values from when they were young, and right. if they're very rarely adopting with the values of the culture, the 
longer they're empowered, the further away from the cultural values that they're going to have. So it's like, even if they were starting out with uh, with their values in line with the people, the longer they're in power, the longer they're going to, the further away from uh, what they're going to be having, what they're going to be doing for the, the wants of the people uh, in current times. Yeah. History and heritage and tradition is all well and good, but keeping something because it was like that before is the worst reason to have something. Um, you know, I, I see loads of people, I mean, I've been online quite a lot recently, and obviously there's been lots of talk about guns in America, for example, and I know this is not right. a guns episode, but like Americans clinging to that amendment to the Constitution, which says they have the right to bear arms, which was written at a time where people had the right to... We had muskets, people. To, muskets to protect themselves. <laughs> against and you could get shot with those survive. and survive. Right. Yeah, like, you know, that rule that was written then for a very specific purpose at a very specific time was not written for nowadays. And likewise, the monarchy in the UK and in other countries were established at a time for a very specific purpose with very different, you know, set of circumstances, uh, politically, economically, globally. Um. And yeah, keeping something just because that's what we had before just doesn't really seem to be a worthwhile reason. Yeah, so it seems to me like the big problem isn't like, is a monarchy, quote unquote, good or bad, um, or even any other form of government for that matter. It's how well is a government able to adapt to and adjust to new um, problems, new new threats, new value systems, new pressures. I think that, that Josh speaks well when he says that a, a person can get kind of stuck in their older value system. I do think it's possible for people. I, I think it's rare um, because we're not really taught to, but it's, it is possible for a person to constantly be reevaluating their value system and updating it. Um, I just don't think it's likely. That's it's not like not a blanket statement. Super rare. Yeah. But that's what I'm talking about is we, we talk about government in terms of, like I said, either like these worst case scenarios or these um, ideologies. I think, one thing that we need to really we're always going to be contrasting monarchy to other forms of government and for for josh and i it's going to be um a democratic republic right like representatives that are elected by the people and where i see pros in one i see cons in the other and one of the cons that i see for the elected is you have too many voices trying to vie too much for their their piece of the pie and then we we end up with like what you were talking about in germany where it's like too many people trying to kind of push pull compromise and i don't think necessarily that a monarchy is the answer but i'm curious like what is a better compromise between the two like it seems like we have two extremes in an example here one where the people are in charge one where a person is in charge and in either way there's problems so where is there like some sort of and it's funny because in a lot of ways the the u.s presidential system is a lot more like what monarchy was before in terms of the powers of the president you know our queen can't just decide something on her own whereas your president can just enact an executive order and suddenly something is happening yeah it can be challenged in the supreme court and whatever else but like our queen really really can't just do anything to the point where she's not even allowed to have any opinion she's not allowed to voice any opinions on things which might appear to be political um so lots of people are worried about the fact that prince charles He's been the heir to the throne for all these 70 years. Um, he's been quite outspoken before about lots of environmental issues, for example. Mm. Um, and he's been sort of allowed a bit of space to do that because he was not the king. Uh, but when he becomes king, 
he he won't be allowed to voice those opinions because they're political and he should not be like properly should not be involving himself in political affairs uh, and voicing political opinions on things. Um, so yeah, I find it really interesting how you know when we talk about because certainly the British monarchy of the past had powers like that to just make laws and decide things. But yeah, it's funny how obviously America has moved away from um, Britain quite significantly, uh, but has a head of state who has lots of those powers in a way that traditionally a monarch had. Did uh, you asked you asked a question? I don't think I answered it, but I, I spoke. For a of, uh... No, I don't even think there is a good answer. I think it's just more of a, a thought experiment um, because we keep trying to come up with the perfect government or a government that's more representative of the needs and wants and well-being of the people and we keep getting it kind of wrong (laughs) right and so that's that's where where my head was going with like well if not a monarchy then what else if not a democratic republic and now i know it's it's broadening it to like forms of government in general and away from the monarchy but i just kind of see that um whenever we talk about well it's bad here well then the alternative that may seem better in that realm is bad in another realm and so that's that's just kind of where i was going i don't think it it has an easy answer um but we are coming up to the end of the show and so I do want to throw out there, like for the the audience, like jump on Facebook and give us some of your opinions and answers and stuff. What's good or bad about the monarchy um, or a monarchy in general, like in in terms of a a form of government. And if you do think that there's there's all these negatives, what do you think the potential solution is? Maybe we can discuss this further um, on the Facebook page. Yeah, we've uh, we've uh, we've certainly got some British fans on the Facebook page, so I'd be very much interested in listening to what their opinion on it is and of course this isn't just about the british monarchy although that's what we've talked about like extensively uh, there are other monarchies available <laughs> so if you've got <laughs> your fave pick your favorite <laughs> sound like you're trying to pitch an insurance plan we got all these monarchies available just pick them based on their flags find the one you think has a cool flag and go from there so quick very quickly then final thoughts on monarchies Miss McGee, seeing as you rhyme with the last word. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you can go um, my final thoughts on monarchy. I think no matter what form of government there is, um, I think it's really the distribution of power that's important. So if the monarch has too much power and they can control the people against the people's will, then I think that's bad. Um, I also think that a monarchy that's absolutely useless except as a figurehead is also bad. But I think what it really comes down to is no matter the form of government, um, what is the impact on the individuals and how much freedom or flexibility is there for the individuals to either have their well-being represented or if it's not being represented, what can they do about it? And I think every form of government we've come up with so far has fallen short in that department. Um, even if it started out or even if certain individuals within a position of power have at one time or another helped the people to prosper, I think there's a lot of corruption no matter what we look at. So the monarchy for me is just one more form of government in a in a series of not so great forms of government. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I'm not a real big fan of the monarchy. I'm not sure what kind of government really works, but that one just seems like a clear-cut answer of something that's corruptible or something that's just ceremonial and outdated and you Brits can eat your tea and crumpets without your your queen telling you it's okay. You don't need that tradition anymore. My final thought is uh, a very short anecdote um from a couple of days ago because we were talking about the jubilee with my boys uh, and my five-year-old said to me because obviously our national anthem is god save the queen and he legitimately asked me like what is god supposed to be saving the queen from <laughs> uh, and I just there. 
I kind of agree with everybody. I just think if we're going to have a monarchy, it should be a Scottish one that overthrows the English. Uh, mm. but other than... <laughs> But the Union of the Crowns, the Union of the Crowns was a Scottish monarch who became the British monarch. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with Laura and uh, Richard and Josh. Just, I don't think it's a particularly good system to having governance. I don't really see any point of them existing now other than to attract tourism, uh, which I've, I've, I've been told is... That it pumps a lot of money into the British economy. I'm not sure how much of that is offset by what we spend on them. I, I don't know the economics of it, but not not really worth it in my view. But other people may have different opinions. Get on our discussion group and tell us what yours is. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I don't know how we're going to do this with four people, but keep questioning. <laughs> Interrogate your beliefs. And happy Jubilee, Your Majesty. And stay skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next, see you next time. time. <laughs>